When I was a consultant, I spent a few months on a project where I worked closely with a C-level exec. This person was known for her bad temper. If the work did not meet her expectations, she would throw tantrums. She would yell. She would call you names. It wasn't just unprofessional. It was abusive. But because she was in a position of power, no one called her out on it. In fact, everyone was trying to save themselves. If it meant throwing someone else under the bus, so be it. It was all out Hunger Games. When I was on this project, I remember being constantly afraid. And this fear paralyzed me. I was scared to do anything. I was scared to say anything. I just wanted to hide. Needless to say, I failed miserably on this project and was eventually removed from it. As relieved as I was to get out of this project, I did not realize to what extent I had internalized this fear. Even as I went into my next job, this fear stayed with me. My new team, my new manager were fantastic, but I was still afraid, afraid of making decisions, afraid of sharing my work. I decided to see a therapist because I knew eventually someone would notice how little I was doing. The therapist diagnosed me with PTSD. She helped me see that I was in a difficult situation that I did not have the tools to deal with. Eventually, I rebuilt my confidence, but it took a really long time for me to bounce back. Since then, I have come across multiple people who have had similar experiences with abusive leaders. Abusive leaders who have been allowed to create toxic work environments. If you are someone who have or is dealing with something similar, this episode is for you. Erin Norton, a technology leader, shares her story of dealing with an abusive leader and the lessons she learned from this experience. Hi there. You are listening to Unseen Battles, a podcast that brings you behind-the-scenes stories from women leaders. This is your reminder that as you work through your career struggles, you are not alone. I'm your host, Parul Goyal. Every two weeks, I'll bring you raw, honest conversations with a successful leader about a challenge they faced and how it changed them. So, let's get to it. Erin Norton is a technology leader at eBay. After teaching public high school for a few years, she transitioned into technology and has never looked back. She has worked for several companies in a wide variety of roles spanning product, legal, and operations. She now leads a team of over 70 individuals at eBay. She's a mother and a wife and enjoys travel, outdoor activities, and spending time with her family. Erin, thank you so much for being on the podcast. You went through a professional experience where your work pushed you to the edge. Can you tell us what happened? Sure. Hi, Pearl. Happy to be here. Um, so I had, you know, been working for this company for a couple years, worked really hard. Um, this was a was an older company in the Valley, but was mm -hmm. kind of in what we would call startup mode as we were trying to save this company and turn it around. So we had a new uh, leadership team that was in 
um, worked really hard. You know, Mm -hmm. one of these jobs where it was constantly challenging, um, challenging with relationships, challenging with the works, challenging with the solutions. I was in a little bit of a newer space because I'd taken over a couple big teams um, in areas that I hadn't run before. Mm -hmm. Um, So we, you know, I had a lot of pride in this role in this job where I had been. Anyway, finally, we were able to uh, position an acquisition and uh, which was, you know, great. Wasn't, um, you know, 100% what we had all wanted, but it was the best outcome overall. Um, And so we we were in this position where we'd had a, you know, we'd had a riff. There was some reorganization happening because the new uh, leadership team was coming in. And I found myself in a position where I, was kind of at the end of uh, uh, a very challenging relationship with the CEO. So the company that you were working for, that you had put in all this hard work into, it got acquired, which was a good outcome. But then you ended up reporting to a leader or a CEO of the company who acquired it. Is that right? Yeah, I wasn't directly reporting to the CEO, but my I was in a very visible role okay. um, where the CEO was looking to me to provide uh, some answers on things. Okay. So you were working closely with the CEO, even though not reporting to. Exactly. This gentleman was, um, you know, extremely visible and prominent of, mm-hmm. as a CEO, right? He was front and center all the time. And he was asking me to basically redo, you know, a massive uh, effort um, in a matter of days. <laughs> and yeah, and I was finding myself uh, and it was he was, you know, publicly, this was very public, the way that he managed work was always on emails with, you know, many, many people in public mm-hmm. forums on calls or in meetings, um, where you were always kind of singled out. I and see. yeah, it, and so it was challenging and we didn't have the answers right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was something that kind of had gone on, had been going on now, you know, as this acquisition happened. So weeks and weeks, really challenging. Mm-hmm. You know, I would even go so far as to call it pretty abusive. Is it the expectation? Is it the tone, the language? Like, like was he, he like, would he yell in meetings? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Emails were, you know, uh, ranting, emails, Mm -hmm. calling you out, singling you out, you know, why haven't you done this? Where is it? Um, You know, you know, and I've worked in some, you know, when you work in tech, right, it's going to be very high pressure and there's, uh, but this was a little, this was another level. Yeah. And it was particularly, you know, kind of uh, difficult because I, I had worked so hard at this company and in Mm -hmm. general had a really, you know, good reputation, right. As somebody Mm -hmm. who had risen up, who'd worked really hard, was a key employee. Um, And to be sort of singled out like this, especially publicly, was particularly uh, hurtful. This behavior that you're describing, like name calling, yelling, singling people out, was this with everyone that you interacted with? Well, that's what people would tell me, was that, hey, don't take it so personally. He does this to everyone. If that's any consolation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's, that's one of sort of the messages or learnings that I take away from this story that I I can come back and finish the story. But the learning in the end was, I shouldn't have internalized this so much. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm not generally somebody that I would say, you know, gets very emotional at work. 
you know, I definitely don't cry at work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but this was one of those situations where, you know, I actually was broke down in tears. Yeah. And it was almost like that's what he was going for mm. um, was to kind of, you know, really get at you and break you down. Um, wow. So this was particularly difficult because it was, you know, not some not uncharacteristic of me to act like that. Anyway, so I found myself one Saturday, I think it was a Saturday or Sunday morning, and my mom was in town. And, you know, I had a, I had a small son and I was, you know, woke up to these terrible rants on, mm -hmm. at, you know, early 630 in the morning and sat down on my computer furiously trying to get this all together at a breaking point, right, where mm -hmm. it was like, I can't take this anymore. Mm -hmm. And I remember my husband kept saying to me, I don't understand why well, you're taking this so seriously, right? You need mm -hmm. to step back. This isn't that important. And I just couldn't do it. It was like I had to keep leaning in on this and feeding into this frenzy um, in order to sort of prove, right, that I was competent and capable and that all these things, he, how he was treating me, you know, wasn't right and that I had yeah. to prove myself. In the end, mm -hmm. You know, I ended up leaving, leaving the company, mm -hmm. finding another position, leaving. Um, but I think the takeaway for me, when I kind of came out of the fog, because mm -hmm. <laughs> sometimes that's how these experiences can feel, mm -hmm. right? As you're sort of in this high pressure, you know, fog where you're just trying to get through. I remember thinking, and to this day still, I think, wow, that was, that was ridiculous. Yeah. Why did I let this kind of get to me so deeply? And why did I waste all that time, right? Maybe I should have left earlier or maybe I should have just taken a step back in this and not gotten so emotionally involved. How long were you in this position, Erin? It was probably a total of about four months. Four months. And then actually, let's talk a little bit more about when you were in the fog. So, you, so by the way, had you worked with this person even during the acquisition? No, I had heard about him, um, but he, he wasn't on the, and that's what's so weird about it. He kind of swooped in I see. right, and established himself. And that was part of his, the way that he ruled, <laughs> right? You, you kind of started realizing that, wait, this person has this unrealistic expectation and he gets them met by this, this very almost cruel style, uh, how did that change your day to day? Like, were you apprehensive about uh, going into meetings with him or like reading emails from him? Like, did that stay with you even outside of your work hours? Oh, a hundred percent. And it was, it was even right. Like I had tried coming back, you know, I think sometimes the best way to deal with a situation where there's an expectation that's unrealistic mm -hmm. is to come back with, I acknowledge what your ask is here's what I, here's the timeline, right. And what I can deliver. And I think it's really important to set those expectations, right. Because mm -hmm. often, right. Somebody very demanding wants something right now. Yeah. And there's a compromise. I can't yeah. deliver that right now, but I can deliver that in six weeks. Here's what I can deliver now. Right. That's kind of the reasonable way to approach it and or respond to it. Yes. That's right. Yeah. And he was not taking that. So it really was unrealistic there was no it was almost like anything 
you gave, Mm -hmm. right? Any option wasn't good enough. I see. So he wasn't really open to compromise. No. And to be honest, in retrospect, it was crazy, Mm -hmm. right? It, It wasn't even, it was ridiculous. It wasn't, this wasn't like just high expectations. And I, cause you know, in general, I consider myself, um, you know, I, de- I demand, you know, high performance, high expectations. This was unrealistic. And I think at the time though, I kept trying to meet it, kept trying to meet it, even though it was unattainable and it was more of a test, right? It was, yeah. and I, I almost think that this was just what he did, right. Mm. To, so there are egomaniacs, right? And there are crazy people. Yeah. <laughs> um, and sometimes you run into them. And it's how do you how do you handle that? My learning is I shouldn't have kind of beat myself up so much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, I when I was a consultant, I was a consult. You know, my we had this uh, uh, my consulting company's team was in an engagement where we were working directly with the CIO who had a similar reputation as the person you are describing, the CEO you are describing. Mm -hmm. And I felt like she used this reputation, like this throwing tantrums and yelling at people kind of as a tool to get stuff done. Uh Um, And there was every day there was this 2 p.m. call with her. And I like, I used to be super nervous, like, like I couldn't eat. I was like, I wasn't as mm-hmm. sure what would happen. And once that call was over at 2.30, I felt like I could breathe again. Mm-hmm. But it was, it, it was a terrible time in my career. Like it was, again, a few months, but oh my gosh, yeah. it was a torture. Pearl, this was the same thing for me. I couldn't think about anything else. It yeah. consumed my entire world. Yeah. And you know, I think people around me didn't under, like my personal relationships, they didn't understand what was going on. Right. And they didn't understand why I was taking this so deeply. Yeah. And and in retrospect, they were right. And I think what happens sometimes is that you can sort of lose your North star. Yeah. And you, you can't do that. So it sounds like other people around uh, this person felt the same way. Uh, how did they deal with it? Like, was there any conversation around that? Yeah, there was. And people, I had actually two people, mm-hmm. senior people, actually more senior than I was. Um, so, you know, in between myself and this individual who their guidance to me was, Aaron, just relax. Okay. Right? You need to just take that and, you know, it, kind of ignore it. Right. Mm-hmm. It kind of wade through it, ignore all the, uh, you know, those pieces and just put that aside. Mm. But for some reason, I couldn't do it. <laughs> wow. And then, Aaron, I'm just curious. So he would set this unrealistic expectation. And I have seen some le- leaders, probably not to the extent this guy was like the they know that these expectations are re- unrealistic. They're not going to be met, but they're tr- hoping that people will go further, farther uh, towards the goal than they would have otherwise. So mm-hmm. how, like, what happened if you were to not meet these expectations? Well, I wasn't meeting the expectations. Um, and you would just get slammed. Okay. So for him, I think you talked about that, that any compromise was just unacceptable. Right. And I think, you know, I think that's good. Um, I, I think I agree with you. I think that's probably what the intent was, 
right? That by all means, by any means necessary, get this done. Um, and that, you know, maybe in the past he'd found success yeah. by kind of, you know, acting this way. I'm not sure. Erin, when you left this position finally, and, and I'm very happy for you, and then you moved to your next job, uh, was there any residual effect that you felt after having gone through this experience? That's a good question. Um, I mean, I think I did take a little bit of time. I was able to take a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. And I I joke sometimes that I kind of had some PTSD from it. Yeah. Um, and I needed to really... I did need a little time, right, to kind of decompress and and move on. Um, I think the residual effect, I actually could say now, is probably positive. Okay. Because I think that it, you know, I believe that actually everything, you know, has a purpose. Uh-huh. If you, if you take, you know, if you find, you can find value in everything, right, in every experience in some way. Um, and you, and that's what we have to do is to always find a learning from something that you can apply going forward. Uh-huh. It's very difficult in the moment, but in retrospect, you know, I, I learned from this, I think just those things, um, Hey, don't mess, don't internalize this. It's not you, it's him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, um, I think I would probably take an, if I had another similar experience to this in the future, I would, I would react differently. I think that I would, um, I think I would get out earlier. Okay. And I think I wouldn't take it so personally yeah. that I would say, Hey, this has gone off the rails. I, it's not me, right? Yeah. My value isn't, this isn't about me. And you know, it sometimes things feel so intense in the moment. Yeah. And then later you realize, hey, that wasn't even that big of a deal. Like I shouldn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's good to remember that is make sure that you, you know, don't over emphasize things that that shouldn't that aren't really that intense. Yeah. So actually, that's a really good point, Erin. When you are close to something or when you're involved in a situation, it might seem bigger. Uh, yeah. than it actually is. I don't know if you have any advice on how to step back in that moment. Well, I mean, I think there's some, it, I have those situations a lot, right? I think when you're a high performer, when you're somebody who just is passionate about everything that you do mm-hmm. or who wants, who really success is really important to you, you tend to do that, right? Because you pour yourself a hundred percent into everything. I think that, you know, I have to ask myself often, hey, you know, is anybody going to be hurt? Is anything, you know, how grave is this really, right? How big of a deal is this? Yeah. And then I think there's some real tactical things that you have to do. Like, I really think when you start, you have to recognize that feeling in yourself, right? That level of intensity, or if you're starting to lose your your way Mm. and you need to step back, whether it's go outside and take a walk, whether it's literally turn it off, right, for a half hour. But I think it's about recognizing that feeling in yourself um, mm. when you're starting to go that direction. And then creating the space to be to step away or turn it down or shut it off somehow so That's that it's right. not constantly stewing in right. your head. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And Erin, and I'm curious. So if now if you were to put a put in a position where 
you know, somebody was yelling at you in the meeting, like, what would be your recommendation? How do you, how do you respond to that? That's a really good question. Um, I mean, I think you can't respond in the same way, right? You certainly, I think yeah. you have to stay extraordinarily calm. Mm-hmm. I think that sometimes people like that thrive on um, that kind of conflict and watching people get rattled. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, but I also think there is a time and a place when you should really stand up for yourself. Yeah. Um, I think when it becomes to the point where it's abusive, mm. I do think, you know, it's, and it's very difficult to do, but I think it's okay to say, you know, Hey, I, I, I can't be in this situation. Right. Or you, you can't talk to me like that. Um, but I think probably the default, the best thing is to just keep your cool. Not give them the satisfaction of seeing you rattled. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Erin, did this experience somehow make, did it make you a better manager? Oh, definitely. Um, it definitely did. I think, you know, I think in general, mm-hmm. cool, calm and collected mm-hmm. is kind of the best way to go. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think, you know, you're going to, you know, encounter all sorts of situations in your career, whether it's, you know, deal, you know, letting people go, right? Letting un- yeah. underperformers go, dealing with, you know, other issues, dealing with difficult, stressful issues. But the best way to handle it is to breathe deeply, right? And don't lose your head and and stay calm and collected because there's nothing that can go wrong with that approach. Um, yeah. I think that's that's important. And managing people, right? I would never, I, I think it's, taught me what not to do (laughs) yeah yeah wow so just a matter of like you mentioned keeping your calm keeping your cool staying aligned with your values and Mm -hmm. even when you're in a challenging situation like this one trying to step back and maintain a healthy perspective yep I would say those are the that's the advice and fa- you know everybody has to have things that they do right that keep uh-huh. keep them centered whether it's you know exercise whether it's um i don't know whatever it is right going out with your friends whatever it is reading whatever it is that sort of keeps you centered um you have to have at least something like that erin uh, any other last advice for somebody else who might find themselves in a similar situation you know, I don't think so. I think that it's, I think you got some of these situations that you're going to encounter, right? You got to just roll with it and remember that mm-hmm. you're not stuck in anything, right? You can walk away yeah. at any time. Um, it's not a failure. And, you know, make sure that you know where your North Star is at all times. Oh, I love that. Like that knowing that you are the decision maker, that you are mm-hmm. still in the position of power and deciding what you want to do. Exactly. Right. It's easy to feel helpless. Yeah. And like you don't have a choice, but choice, yeah. You know, you you never are luckily, right? <laughs> in um, you know, in our world and at least the United States, right? We don't have you're not stuck to anything. You can walk away if it's not yes. the right situation for you. Uh Erin, thank you for sharing that. If our audiences want to learn more about you or connect with you, how can they find you? 
LinkedIn. I think that's the best way to reach me. All right. And I will make sure uh, uh, to include Erin's profile in the episode notes. Great. Thank you. Erin, thank you so much for sharing your unseen battle with us. Thank you. If you liked the episode, please leave a review and help others discover it.